It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. Yes, hi and hello and happy holiday sports fans. Laugh it up about Urban Meyer all you want. Joke's on all of us. Only four more weeks and football's firing all of us. Sorry, I don't want to be a bummer or a Scrooge or anything. Facts are facts. Get in now. FanDuel.com slash minus three. The word minus the number three. That's how you bet all the football. And right on the horizon there, there's going to be plenty of pro basketball and hockey and bull talk and everything else. It's all happening here. Get in. Bet along with us. And, of course, bet and play against everybody here at the Extra Points Network. Go to extrapoints.com, find the arcade tab, NFL pick 'em, all sorts of fun pick 'em stuff there for you. You might even win a gold hat if you do well enough there. Upcoming this weekend for us, our holiday party, and it's at the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, believe it or not, at SoFi Stadium. Looking forward to being in a sweet, sweet up high, looking down on Oregon State, Utah State. Speaking of which, broke down that game a little bit and uh, some pro football stuff too with the Oregon State alum. TJ Hushmanzada on the most recent Extra Points. Go back and listen to that. That was a good time. Make sure you're listening to everything on the Extra Points Network. And now let's jump into the upcoming weekend. It's close enough now that we can crack a beer and dig in on our best bets and beyond with our pals. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. His blue shirts are fading ever so slightly. Look out, the penguins are coming. Don't make your furrowed brow at me, Eddie Spaghetti. They won with like their fifth string goalie yesterday. They they, they're the comeback kids. It's okay, fine. they're fine. They're playing, they're playing well. They're not playing as well as the Pittsburgh Penguins are. And Gino Malkin's return is nigh. Um, and then all the way from the New England region of Sports America, mm-hmm. our pal, the breakout star of 2021 in sports podcasting. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Oh my God. Well, I I, you know, we've gone through this already, I guess, this year is you're you're kind of you have an optimism. And I guess we found out that I have a pessimism, which cost me my spot in the fantasy league that you're not making the playoffs in. According to my sources, you missed the playoffs. That's true. I have a first round buy in the other league that I was forced into by your Patriots didn't make the playoffs every year that your meanness. But um, so. I, I like your positivity and I'm trying to emulate it because you're like, hey, man, we got a lot of great games on the schedule. We got to get our best bets out there. We're going to, you know, it's, it's good times. It's the most footballiest time of year. And it's like um, we're just going to ignore this Omicron uh, sledgehammer that is going to fucking devastate our season. The NFL cannot. I mean, if you look like what's happening in the NHL, uh you know, obviously the UK is way ahead of us. So the the English Premier League is like, we got to stop playing games. Then I guess Ontario is is closer, is is now closer to the UK schedule where it's like, uh, we got to go half capacity in the stadium. And I feel like the NFL is just kind of blithely going like, hey, man, let's keep on keeping on. You know, the Washington football team can have 13 guys go both ways this weekend. You know, yeah, guy, you know, guys used to play both ways. Yeah, you, you have 13 guys who didn't test, whatever. It's like it's so insane that we're going to just pretend that we can uh, navigate this 
this these protocols without changing them. And it's like, uh, no way. We have the NFL playoffs coming. They're they're they are arriving at the same time. Deal with that, COVID. We got our playoffs. Let's go head to head. It's I don't know what Look. it is very strange that they're just pressing forward with it. Yeah. But my old but 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 the pushback is though, Hench. Uh, I mean, do, do do you actually suppose they're going to pause this now? I mean, I, at what point are they going to now? I, I mean, I, look, you know, obviously it's it's hard living in a country where your two choices are the sky is falling and the sky is a hoax. Those are like, it's like um, uh, okay, um, <laughs> there's got to be some other answer to this fucking problem. And you know, I'm doing, I'm like. Hopefully it looks like Omicron is less lethal. So obviously when you look at Michael Jordan in the NBA finals, all of these guys would play with 104 fever. Like every one of them. There's no, there, nothing would keep these guys from playing. The only thing that's keeping them from playing is, hey, you can't get the nose guard across from you sick. But if this variant is benign enough that hospitalization is not going to happen to young athletes, then I really do think the NFL needs to have a urgent meeting of the minds to figure out how we're going to have our playoffs while everyone is testing positive for for the Omicron variant of COVID. Because these two things are going to happen. I know we live in a country where we think if we all fire our handguns at a hurricane, we can knock it down to a tropical storm. Like, I know we we don't think logically about anything, but it's like, okay, all these guys are going to test positive and they're going to feel fine. And are we going to cancel games with guys who feel fine? You know, is 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 Tom Brady going to miss a playoff game even though he feels fine? Uh, You know, to to your to your off off uh, the air story about um, intake at schools and people not wanting to get in an argument with the parent who has a, a 99.7 fever. So they go, I think it looked like 98 to me, 98.6. Isn't the NFL going to be forced to go like to, 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 to shake the, the testing? It looks, it looks like a negative to me, Mr. Mahomes. Carry well, on. That, that is the incongruity of things. First of all, to me that Washington could get busted like this. It's not as though Dan Snyder is the most forthcoming of guys. So if he's at the top of, of that particular football mountain, it's funny that, um, that they are the team most ravaged um, with Cleveland right behind them there. Yeah. I mean, I, at minimum, I, I wonder if we're going to see, again, empty stadiums for the playoffs. That would suck. I mean, you know, on a human level, is that the most important thing? I, I, I suppose not. But at minimum, that'll be a bummer. But are they just going to pause the season? Because football is one of those things. It's not like it's not like basketball where you pause for three weeks and see where you are. If you shut it down, it's hard to then resume playing again i think that's kind of the i think that's part of the calculation what what are we supposed to do just end the season because that's a i mean look you know we're everybody is a one person focus group right like you go like you go well i don't like this show and i'm the target audience so this is going to do terribly like i'm the target audience and i hate it uh no one else is going to want to watch it so i feel like we're all exhausted um we're all looking for some kind of silver lining, 
Um, good news, good news, bad news. Uh, you, you, we're going, we're going to get packed into a suite on Saturday night, right? We're, we're going to, you and me, like, right, right. We're going to be at a football game Saturday night. And I've made my peace with a breakthrough infection at some point. Like there's no, there's no way you can live the rest of your life without getting a breakthrough infection. The good news is it sounds like this variant, uh, coupled with, you know, your vaccine and your booster it, it's going to be a gentle ride. Um, if if I'm starting to feel, as somebody who skews sciency, if I'm starting to feel exhausted and like people are going to be like, I, I'd rather I'd rather get get it than not go see my team in the playoffs. Yeah. Well. I, yeah, I think that what you're getting at is what probably leagues are going to come around to is that, you know, another year's worth of of evidence, um, you know, if you're vaccinated and all that, that you're going to survive it. And so I think the resolution is going to be like, let those guys play. All right. I want to talk about we, we have to do our best bets. I want to get into those. I want to also talk about herb. One thing that has allowed everybody see at these in these divisive times. One thing everybody is rallying around is the Urban Meyer firing there. Um, but first, say again, in, in, in the name of, you know, festive times you know it's the holiday season let's celebrate something very quickly Steph Curry breaking the record as one of the great shooters in society Kevin Hench you can certainly admire your peer one of uh, one of the few peers Steph Curry has on the big blue marble Kevin Hench one of the uh, other people with limitless shooting range there yeah. he is now your all-time three-point leader couple things first with uh, with this um I mean, I, I know there's some cynics out there who want to try to make a case he's not the greatest shooter of all time. Of course he is. Um, he is that, but and, and worthy of holding that title as best shooter. But who is the worst player in a professional, in a major sport to hold a significant record? Any thoughts on this? I, I mean, there's, there's one obvious answer out there, but uh, curious for yours, Hench. Well, first of all, who are these cynics? Like, it's like, um, well statistically he's obviously the greatest shooter of all time uh but to the naked eye he's also the greatest shooter of all time like well i don't like who who's what i mean i'm i'm the world's biggest larry bird fan but it it's not it's indisputable that steph curry's the greatest shooter of all time i mean by every metric he's the greatest shooter of all I time i tried to make that point to sal and company and to marty weiss and company on uh, on extra points that larry bird is to me the number 2 I know that people throw out Ray Allen and Reggie Miller and the usual suspects, but but Larry uh, but but Larry Bird for did I say Larry Miller? Larry Bird is the second greatest shooter of all time. It's it's all those people who you know who genuflect to to the eighties and you know to to that era. They wouldn't be wouldn't be able to handle the physical play of of that era. Steph Curry would get beaten would get too beaten up to be. I mean it's it's foolish. It's empty, of course. Well, yeah, I I. I felt that it, the the only argument was Bird. I mean, you could get into like Craig Hodges, Jason Capono, Tracy Murray, you know, but but you want them to have been significant NBA players. So if you're only dealing with significant NBA players, then I think Curry, Reggie Miller, Larry Bird, but you know, Curry is 
head and shoulders above the field. I mean, it's a little like what Tom Brady's done to all these passing records. Like Curry's obliterating these records. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, just a little metric of how the game has changed. Uh, the TNT guy said at halftime, Ray Allen took 15 threes in a game four times in mm. his career. Steph Curry has done that 10 times this season. It's December. <laughs> like it's, just like it's so, so, so obviously the raw numbers are kind of irrelevant in, in the way that, that some might argue Gretzky's 215 points is not a great measure of the great one's greatness because everything was so uh, perverted during those days. So yeah, the raw number is, is not, is not that impressive, but the percentage is very impressive. And you know, the kinds of shots he hits in the kinds of moments it's, it's, it's nuts. Well, a big difference too, is that he's not a catch and shoot guy to your point. You know, they were, they were dependent on towing the the line, finding space and being fed the ball there. Steph Curry dribbles up, crosses uh, the, the 10 second line and, and launches about two steps in. It's just never been seen before in NBA history. And kind of like the Odell one-handed catch, Dame Lillard and a bunch of other guys have now followed suit, but nobody would have dared pull up from 34 feet this side of Kevin Hench, at least on the old blue top when we were playing three-on-three games. The correct answer to answer my question is the worst player, and he's an all-time great, but still the biggest, most significant major sports record held by a guy who's certainly not the best ever is Emmett Smith as the all-time leading rusher. In pro oh, football, God, right? did you did you say that around Sal? I, I've said it to his face, and I would say it again. Is there anybody, anybody who would make that case that Emmett and, Smith and is... And live to tell... Um, well, just to, just to round off the Steph Curry thing, the nice thing for the Warriors is they get the second greatest shooter in NBA history back in a week. <laughs> That's nice. It is. We're just going to add Klay Thompson to the best team in basketball. Um, Sun, look, listen, let's do Suns v. Warriors. I don't care who the Nets play, and then let's have the Survivor in the West play the Nets, and, and that'll be Suns Warriors great. should start that series now. Because the league's going to shut down. So we could at least get the Western Conference Finals out of the way in, in late December. Uh, I'll say this about Emmett Smith. Um, you know, when that Barry Sanders-Emmett Smith debate was raging, it was never second and 15 when you handed the ball to Emmett Smith. So, yes, fewer 80-yard runs, lower yards per carry average, but always second and seven, like never second and 15. And what what no one, you know, why aren't the Lions better? Why don't the Lions win? They have Barry Sanders. It's like you're taking a sack on every other possession because he's losing massive yardage on first down. Then he breaks an 80-yard run in the fourth quarter and his yards per carry for the game is 5.7. And Emmett is carrying 30 times for 120 yards, 4.0, no way he can be as good as Barry Sanders, never second and 15, never second and 15. So I would uh, be on Sal's side in the in the Emmett debate because I think the reason they won Super Bowls is what he did helped your team win more than what Barry Sanders did. And as you know, with my Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame argument, winning is very important to me. 
winning championships is one of the one of the best things that can happen to your team. So, so I disagree with with you on Emmitt so he, Smith. But he's not the best. Well, but obviously he's not the best running back you've ever seen. And he's and well, he's, look, well, well, all, all Eric Dickerson was better. Tony Dorsett was a better Dallas Cowboys running back than Emmitt. Where where this leads is I say Jim Brown, and then you you go into a fit of hysterics that well, I because you've never have, seen Jim Brown. That play. I didn't have season tickets <laughs> to those Browns teams. So <laughs> how, how can I say that? Well, you've never seen him play. I don't know how much you're going to pound the table for somebody like that. All right. I never saw Socrates play. All right, but you've heard. Okay, but I see, I knew you were going to do something like that. Mozart, you can hear the body of work. There's nothing visceral about Jim Brown that's like, how dare you? I love him. Anyway, listen, here's my question for you. Okay. Who's who's the all? In fact, let's do it head to head. Um, I, I like to see who knows. One of the great. Sports trivia people in the world, okay. Kevin Hench versus Eddie Spaghetti, millennial. Okay. Here we go. So let's just see who knows what about the all-time record holders, the significant record holders in our okay. favorite sports here. I'm going to put the opening line here. Hench, minus 4,000. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm probably not enough. My best bet is Spaghetti. Hey, Buster <laughs> Douglas beat Tyson. So, you know, who knows what can happen here, Spaghetti. Who's the all-time NFL interception leader. Paul Krause. That is correct. And that is the one A to the answer of worst player to he's in the Hall of Fame because he has that record. <laughs> oh shit. Paul Krause never did anything to anybody. And checks like, you know what motherfucker needs to be taken down a peg? Paul Krause. You know what people have not been talking about enough? Paul well, he, I mean, it's not like he played in 1938. He's in the oh, Super Bowl Christ. era, and that guy's uh, the all-time uh, head of Dion and Ed Reed and all those ball hawks, Rod Woodson. Who is Emlyn Tunnell overrated? Let's see. Did let's do it this way. Did. Let's give let's give Spaghetti a puncher's chance here. Okay. Eddie Spaghetti, most RBIs in baseball history. Please don't cheat. Be a be a be a man of integrity. See if you oh, can get this. Man, oh man, most RBI in play. Uh I don't know. Is it Lou Gehrig? No. Hench, do you know? In baseball history? Yeah. Hank Aaron. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Most points, Eddie Spaghetti, in NBA history. I had to Will? give you the sport. No? Oh, I know it is. Damn it. Who, go ahead. You can say Spaghetti. Who is, is, it? is it? Kareem? It's yes. Kareem. There you yeah. go. Who has and the that's going to go down, though, right? LeBron. Uh, LeBron about 3,000 away. He's about 3,000 points away. It's not a certainty. He's most dinged a lot. He's most. He's, I agree. Mo, oh, well, he did wear a 66 Lemieux jersey. That may bring a physical pox on him. That was uh, that was what limited uh, Lemieux as well. Eddie Spaghetti. Most rebounds in NBA history. Is it Bill Russell? No. Hench, do you have a guess? Now I would go to to uh, his last guest, Wilt. Very nice, Hench. Very nice. Look, he's good, isn't he? I told you he was good, Eddie Spaghetti. You always I mean, talk guys, bad about him when he's not around, but he knows so sports. It's crazy when, you know, the Wilt and Bill Russell rebound numbers are just insane. I mean, when a guy gets, you know, when a guy gets 25 rebounds in a game that you're watching, he's completely dominating the glass. What does 55 rebounds look like? <laughs> <laughs> it is. They are the best numbers. Um, right, look, look, we got it. You got to pick up your kid. We got. I know. I love doing 
doing that? You don't think it's fun to do that? I find yeah, of it. Of course I think it's fun. Eddie it's Spaghetti, do you think it's fun or do you think people would rather us talk about I, others? Well, <laughs> well, the only thing I was going to say was just like with, M- I, I think I probably would do the best out of all the major sports in NBA history because you could pretty much rotate through like six to eight guys who were just dominant. Okay, Whereas who has the baseball, most triple doubles? Who's has the most triple doubles in NBA history? Uh, is it Oscar Robertson? Hench? I would say Westbrook. He is hench is hench is amazing. It really has wow. got them all. I wouldn't I wouldn't have got that. that here's uh, a tough one. Here's what here's one. This is an all-time great, but I was kind of surprised that this was the case. Most blocks in NBA history. Spaghetti. You said you were surprised? Well, uh, kind of. Hmm. Uh I mean an all-time great and everything, but uh, let's go. Is it Shaq? I'd wow. say Elijah Wan. I mean, unbelievable. I'm going to stop. I'm stopping right there because I want Hench to run the table there. But yes, that, 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 that was an impressive. Are you, you're not cheating, Hench? You're no, really doing. Of course not. First of all, I'm so crappy on the computer. It would take me longer to look it up. I would be, I would be, I'd be the worst call a friend. In who wants to be a millionaire? It's like I called my buddy Hench. He does the only guy in the world who can't Google. <laughs> uh, I would never live down the fact that, for, thank goodness, nobody would ever use me as their call of friend. But uh, if they ever did, I would never be able to live down the fact. Like, I'm sorry, I let it go to voicemail. I didn't get your yeah. message until three weeks later. I'm sorry. Can uh, I help you now? I think you you threw. <laughs> I think Elijah Wan is the completely logical answer. So is I he? think you threw spaghetti a little bit okay. by going i'm surprised by this it's maurice cheeks <laughs> yeah i was thinking like moses malone like i was i don't know i was going off the like Patrick i just Mune don't think of akeem's primary thing being a shot oh blocker compared I mean, to when you consider i would have thought became, ewing That's, when you consider yeah. when it became an official stat and how long he played at that level i mean obviously he he's the guy but um uh hey real quick this could be another segment as we, you know, as we pilot our podcast here to figure out for 2022 how we're going to do it. Mm. But, um, you know, I'm always delighted when our loyal listeners weigh in on Twitter. You know, it's usually snotty and critical, of, of course, but I'm, I'm nonetheless delighted that anybody's listening. It's amazing. Um, so Mike Breen, not not the Mike Breen, but we have a, a loyal listener who um, – I guess was calling uh, another one of your guests on another one of your podcasts to task for saying that the that the NFL officiating's worse than it's ever been. Or I, I don't know what mm-hmm. what Costas was saying, but he was like, "That's not true." And when I read that uh, response, I was like, "Well, it is true because the longer something is terrible." the more inexcusable it is that it's still so bad, Hmm. given that we can see everything instantaneously on our high-def televisions and you seven idiots officiating this game are the only people in America who who don't know what happened. Um, Secondly, when you emphasize taunting, you're saying, we want to make our game worse. Like, we, nobody cares about this. We care about this. So we want to ruin the game with these roughing the passer calls. Then once that work is done, we want to ruin it some more with some taunting calls. It's like it's absolutely worse than it's ever been. And further, that fucking face mask on Stafford 
in the Cardinals Rams game where you're like, okay, so once he gets rid of the ball, if anybody grazes him, it's a 15 yard penalty. But while he's holding the ball, everyone's actually looking elsewhere for chicken shit penalties. You, you have a better chance of maiming the quarterback and getting away with it while he's holding the ball because the second he releases it, the forensic accounting of did you touch him begins. Uh, and so he turns his head. Stafford is looking through his eye hole and you're like, he's holding the ball. Why is no one watching the ball? What is going on? And I was like, oh, right. They're not watching the ball. And, and then once he throws it, then they turn their attention to the quarterback to preserve his safety. But that missed call was so terrible. And again, an instantaneous overrule from the booth, right? That's it. Instantaneous. His helmet got turned sideways. He's looking through his ear hole. It's, 50, it's a half the distance to the goal and a first down. And then everyone goes, well, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, I understand. I understand that the nerve center where they're looking at the, you know, in real time, if there is a red flag thrown and everything else, the nerve center in New York City that reviews these plays um, isn't listening to the play by play broadcast that that we're watching. But I the part that really is starting to starting to drive me crazy or one aspect of it is the like the carrying water for the refs like oh well they missed it they didn't have an angle on it like i i don't understand how that's how that's plausible with all the officials on the field but you have the broadcast to lean on and it feels like shouldn't they be like that's outrageous and stop the game there should be some ability to connect like the guys on the I broadcast see it the, uh, i do feel like the stereotypes like the the, the the those the, guys do right you're getting better. They used to be like a little uh, more on the home team with the refs. And now it's like, whoa, I don't see anything there at all. Um, I think it was the Steelers. So you'll you'll remember this. I think maybe it was versus the Vikings. I, I'm trying to remember the Steelers got a crazy chicken shit defensive holding penalty. Might have been yes. Fitzpatrick. Or, or no, uh, um uh, you know, he hit him with a shoulder in the chest. It was like a perfectly textbook, clean, hit. perfect, right? Perfect hit. Guy throws the flag again, ruining the sport with his terrible officiating. Nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. Can't unruin the sport once it's been ruined. But I thought that guy, if I read it right, uh, Fitzpatrick was still woofing at him. He'd already seen the replay and he went, yeah, I fucked it up. And then there's <laughs> nothing you can say. Like, that's ah, my bad. It I blew really, it. And it, I could see it. Fitzpatrick was like, oh, all right. Well, I guess we all make mistakes. But it's like that's where you have the eye in the sky to go, oh, we want to teach kids in Pop Warner to hit exactly like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick just hit this guy. So we're going to go ahead and, and pull up that flag. Um, if uh, let's uh, speaking of mistakes, if you had fallen into a coma on Labor Day weekend. Too many beers celebrating the man, celebrating work. That's that's what the holiday's all about. I, and then you fell into a coma there. What would surprise you most? Jim Harbaugh's team being in the college football Final Four, the Seahawks being in last place, the Arizona Cardinals having a real shot still at the number one seed, or Urban Meyer already having been fired? 
I mean, this Urban Meyer thing is, is I know a lot of people now are saying, told you so, but he was fired after 13 games. I mean, this is crazier than the Gruden thing by a ton, by three years, in fact. And I, I'm a little upset that Shad Khan, my only regret with this is that, of course, he needed to be fired, but Shad Khan doesn't have enough of a sense of humor to be like, no, 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 we're not going to let uh, let coach go just yet. He's got to host the, the the Houston Texans in the worst football game in 40 years. Why he doesn't have to suffer through with the rest of us, that football game is is the only mistake. Your thoughts on Urban Meyer, Hench? Well, I mean, it's funny that you posed it as a question and then sort of bailed on your own construct because you knew I wanted to talk about Urban Meyer. So it's like, what if I went, well, Harbaugh being in the Final Four? Well, who wants to talk about that when we can talk about Urban Meyer? Well, I know you, uh, could, do, I know you could do an hour and a half on any of those subjects. So well, I wanted to I listen, get to the matter at um, hand here. I, you know how I feel about that there's a certain kind of college football coach that I don't have a lot of respect for as a human being and uh, Urban Meyer is in the sweet spot. Like, um, oh, so you're you're great. You're great when uh, the kids don't get paid, and um, you can I don't know. You do whatever you want to them. Kick them, hit them, demean them, and then when when they when they actually get paid for their labor, and when you you're not this little martinet who has who has a a better player at every position on the field in most of your games, right? I mean, that's Urban Meyer at Florida and Ohio State. Hey, it's a big game. Good thing I have all the better players than the other team. And, and it, you know, so he had an 854 winning percentage in college and a 154 winning percentage in the pros. And that's a nice round 700 difference. And, you know, even Nick Saban did better than that. But it, it, there is a guy who – a certain personality who should coach college kids because they have no power. They can't say anything. They don't get paid. And when you have to coach uh, a, a team where you don't have you're, – you're actually inferior. Your talent is inferior to the team you're playing. Uh, you're going to get destroyed. Urban was like confused. Like what's happening? Their players are better than my players. Yeah, it's brutal, isn't it, Coach? Oh well. Um, so you know, I, I the the off the field conduct. I mean, I guess it's just all kind of part and parcel for an autocrat. You know, I want to do whatever I want to do. Um, so I, I, I'm, you know, I'm delighted that that another college jackass has failed miserably at the pro level because I think. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach in sports history uh, because he did it with a salary cap where the players get paid. What's funny is, though, what it does reveal that people, uh, from what I've noticed, are not talking about is, and of course, Khan did the right thing to fire him, but Lambeau reported this, like I mentioned, in Labor Day. This, This came up back then only because it came out. It's it's not that the behavior itself was untenable. It's uh, well, I can't have people know about this and be the owner of this team, so I must kick him to the curb. It says something, you know. You can get a little cynical about the Jag side of things too to to support this. Although they just hired this, they were at the dawn of his first season. I guess they had but, to. You know, I see you've got your Calbert Cheney sig up there, right. but like you're a 
I mean, you're a proud defender of the way uh, Neil Reed was moved around the court, right? I mean, you don't. I was. You don't. I, have, I, I, was, I was silly. That, that uh, color me uh, uh, more mature than I used to be. You don't have any problem with kicking a kicker. I mean, come on. No. Not after the way Coach Knight treated his I team. used to think it was cute, but as you say, it was in college, and I got bad news for Herb. This idea that that you just said, oh, he'll be better off coaching college kids. I am always – I, I jump when people say – I always laugh when, when they say, Deshaun Watson's never going to take another snap in the NFL, or Mike Vick's never going to play another – who's ever going to touch that guy? I really don't think Urban Meyer's going to – who want Eddie Spaghetti? I think you're one of the proponents of like, oh yeah, he'll be back in the. I mean, the guys. Who's ever going to hire him to coach 19 year olds again? One and two, what network's ever going to hire him? He's radioactive. I, I and I know you know Mike Vick's on TV and he played pro football again and everything else. Somehow, you know, and what's what's a felony or not? I I think this just stinks on a moral level that that. You know, it's the the Ten Commandments aren't all felonies, but they stink in a way that it too radioactive for Herb. I, I mean, who's who's bringing them in to well, to, to uh, I tweeted analyze? I, I tweeted it. I was going to bring it up. Like, I think especially in this new NIL era of college football, if you're a team like we're seeing two teams this weekend, you know, Oregon State, Utah State, there's, you know, fringe teams like in these, you know, lower middle level of, of certain conferences. If they bring in Urban Meyer who's had success everywhere he's been in college football and you could pay players now to basically come to your school. You could pay for your starting quarterback. You can go cherry pick the best ones in, in, in high school. I, I, I mean, these boosters and these like ADs, like they're going to want their schools to see they'll bring in Urban Meyer. I think he's a way better chance of coaching a power five school than a, than a network. I think the network thing, I don't think he was particularly good on, what was he on? Like Fox. Uh, I don't think people really enjoyed him on that anyway. And he is—he's going to open himself up to more criticism if he's speaking week in week out. If he's coaching a team in the Midwest or something, and all of a sudden out of nowhere they have a you know eight, nine, ten win season, and he's having a couple of five stars come his way, like that would not shock me in the least. I totally agree. Much more likely to be to have his behavior excused by a by a college than I don't I don't know man don't uh, imagine I don't know I mean he had a thumb in the in the back end of a co-ed two months ago like I I think they would get a lot of pushback from uh, for trying to do that it's not the same old boys network that excuses that kind of stuff on college campuses let's make pro football pick shall we let's uh let's know what's funny is but I like, I just wish Herb had to be out there and everybody like, it was like, Hey, by the way, after this game, you're gone, but you're required to go out there. I'm not paying you anything or however they could have resolved that. But what I love is, is that Herb's departure is addition by subtraction. The number has moved from three and a half to five. <laughs> what the jack? Of course. They're liberated. Course. They're going to do better without I their mean, head coach. Look, when McCarthy was sidelined, the Cowboys became a lock. Of, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is how it works. And I say that the I, I I would take the Jags and the number by which they beat the Texans is an expression of how much they fucking hated that guy. If they win by 30 and go, oh, you know, we could move the ball if we if we didn't, you know, subconsciously want you to get fired, we can move the ball up and down the field. Um, I might so, take the heat off myself if I were Trevor Lawrence and be like, yeah, I've uh, hurt something or other. And uh get back to me next summer. Cause I, cause now he's exposed and if he stinks real bad, now he can't, he hasn't pointed any fingers, but it's it, that without herb 
as the as the shield to his suckitude or his mediocrity in his rookie season that was guaranteed to be great, you know, by rookie quarterback standards. It was he was a sure thing on the level of Andrew Luck. Um, I, I might uh, try to see if I could wiggle out of having to play the last few games because he's going to be exposed a little bit more. We don't have that. That's a weird game to try to pick. By the way, though, Hedge, do you remember the game I keep invoking is when I think of the worst games ever by record and otherwise, I always think about that Baltimore Colts at the New England Patriots in December of 1981 game when one had sure. one win and the other one had two wins. And the Joe Colts Washington. beat the Patriots. Yeah, that Joe was, Washington, right? That's <laughs> was, that... Sam Bam Cunningham was out there. Yeah, that was a that was another dud. But anyway, okay, Raiders Browns. I mean, how we pick this one? Red right eighty eight. Um, not uh, not as lustrous as that matchup was. Hugely significant for the Browns. We know it's Case Keenum. Don't know much else about it at the time of this recording. Nick Chubb's going to be playing, but with the way Browns are falling out with uh, with positive tests, who knows? No, you know. Half the coaching staff is down. Good news is the Raiders stink, as you predicted they would. And uh, Raiders are now is that is that right, Spaghetti? That's the that's the uh, most current line. Raiders are giving a point and a half in Cleveland right now. Yep, I believe so. It, it might have changed to one a second. It's going back and forth. Yeah, it's one right now. Raiders are giving a point now. It's it's constantly changing at the time of recording for the Raiders. <laughs> the Browns don't have any players, but yeah, whatever. Whoever puts the uniform on, I'd be that team. How say you, Hench? It's so sad that this is what we're reduced to. Like, uh, well, is Nick Chubb playing, and is he playing both ways? Because that's how few players the Browns are going to dress. Like, what well, you know? So, I mean, the Raiders are terrible, as I as I announced they would be. Um, I mean, really bad. I, I mean, the you know the. The, the 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 logo thing and then giving up the defensive touchdown on the first play of the game really your entire season was summed up in 15 seconds of football um you know i i would stay away from that one because you know the the browns aren't very good the raiders should probably start losing i mean it's like you're not you're you're not going anywhere the browns could win that division so um if I was forced to pick, I would actually go with the Browns based on uh, more to play for. You know, the, the Raiders are not going to the playoffs. Well, I, it's in a weird bit of uh, the curse of supposed to the team that's supposed to win is the Raiders and they have to be red in the face coming in there like we can't lose this game. This will be what a humiliation. I mean, they, who are who are these people we're even playing against? We recognize like one or three people on the field for the Browns. We can't possibly lose this game, which puts the onus on them to win this game. The Saturday, the other Saturday game, a great one. Renewal of a rivalry, AFC. For the majority of the 21st century, this was a dandy. Everybody loved the Brady v. Manning stuff, and then it turned into Brady v. Luck. And now it's Mac v. Wentz. Patriots plus two and a half at Indy. Funny line. How say you, Hench? Uh, you know, it's funny. I hovered over this one for a while because uh, I think the Colts are really good. And then I was like, oh, am I doing that thing where, you know, I mean, you do it too where, you know, you love your team so much, you you kind of sell it short. And then I was like, I, I, I could see Jonathan Taylor having uh, 77 yards on 24 carries 
and them making Wentz win that game. And I'm like, I'm taking the Patriots. You know, I just I just think we've talked about it, you know, forever that that Belichick goes, what do you want to do? What would you most like to do? You want Jonathan Taylor to have 150 yards on 20 carries. Okay, that's not going to happen. Let's uh, let's make that QB beat us. And then, you know, you're dealing with the a, a secondary that just loves to take the ball away. So, you know, it's a it it should be a good game, but I I think uh, I take those those two and a half. Hear you, hear you on all those good points you made there, Michael Pittman, and and uh, the pass catchers are gonna have to step up there because I it, it is hard for me to see Jonathan Taylor getting it get, being being the reason that the Colts win this game. But the reason I'll take the Colts is the other side of things that people are sleeping on now is the Colts defense is really good, and we've decided Mac Jones is our rookie of the year, and Belichick has worked uh, some wizardry. Yes, and we 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 were talking about that in August that they were going to come out and and truck teams old school style, and that's what they did to the Bills most recently and have been doing. I think the 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 Colts have a sturdy defense, and I I'm going to take the Colts at home winning that one and bringing the Patriots back to earth, and in doing so, really making it even more confusing about what AFC team could really if you aren't the number one seed, I'll keep saying it. What what team that would have a path of three games to get to the Super Bowl is capable of winning three games? If you have the number one seed, you will have such a decisive edge, and it still may end up being the Bills. I, I and you know at the time of this recording, Chargers and Chiefs are about to play, so I'll have egg on my face. I think the Chargers still have a shot at doing it too. I think uh, they the they they may end up being the best team in the AFC. But if they got hammered at, and you're um, listening to me right now, then I'm red in the face. Well, I'll go, I'll, I'll balance it out and take the other side so that only one of us will look like an idiot. But if the Chiefs had not, if Mahomes hadn't thrown that pick against the Ravens when they were up 10 in the fourth quarter and, you know, they're doing that Chiefs thing of like, hey, let's do the fucking Harlem Globetrotter, sweet Georgia Brown fun stuff. Like if they just played like a normal team and said, we're up double digits. Yeah, you might have to eat the ball once, Mahomes, instead of trying to make a a crazy play. They would have won that game. I don't think we'd have had any of the conversations about the Chiefs being dead because their record would have been one game glossier. And now they would clearly be standing as the number one seed in the AFC. And everyone would go like, well, it runs through Arrowhead and the Chiefs are going to their third Super Bowl in a row. And that's that's what I see. I mean, how many weeks does the defense have to dominate? Well, <laughs> you're like, if the Chiefs defense is average, the league's in trouble. Well, the Chiefs defense has been a lot better than average for a, a, uh, a not- the offense hasn't been very good outside of the two Raiders games, and maybe that's just matchup specific because the offense has not been good well, in two months. Well, but well, to your point about the Ravens, there have been any number of uh, spots in the schedule where this could have been proven true, but everybody would have figured out what I figured out before the season even kicked off, that that team is fraudulent. Um, and uh, I will stand by my preseason prediction that um, that they are mediocre and not heading to the playoffs. Um, all right, let's... Hey, speaking of those Ravens, those very flawed Ravens, you know, so we had all the games on, you know, but you only have the two eyeballs. So you instinctively 
start to like look away from a game that's done in your mind, you know, like, and so I didn't really, occasionally I would look over and I'd go like, Oh, the Ravens scored. I, I, that's interesting. Oh, Oh my God. They could, I wasn't really watching Hunley. Like I still don't really know what happened, but I was like, that game's over. And then it's like, Holy shit, they recovered an onside kick. They have the best kicker in NFL hit. I'm like, oh my God, are, are the fucking Ravens going to do it again? A game they were dead and buried in. And I'm like, I don't even really still know what happened. Like, I'm like, that game was over, over. And your best player, some would say your only player, is hurt. And, and they almost pulled it out. Huntley, what what happened was Huntley did a better job. Of course, they were going to blitz the backup. Uh, the Browns did. That was the smart move. Huntley did a better job of delivering the ball quickly than the superstar Lamar Jackson did. That's the, that's the short answer to it. And the other answer is they don't get back into that game. If they just sit on the ball, the Browns, if they just sit on the ball in their offensive possessions late in the first quarter, they never. there's never even a vibe that the, the Ravens get back into the game. So for some reason, the liability of the team Baker Mayfield's out there slinging it. What, what are you doing? Just get to the just get into the locker room up 17 points and call it a uh, call it a day. Ravens plus five and a half. It I mean, it sounds like Lamar Jackson's gonna play um in Charm City. The Packers coming to town. Packers given five and a half. Does this count as a trap game? You meaning that they should win it? Yeah, that the Packers you are know, rolling in. It's, it's like, well, funny. I, I, you know, watching that Bears Packers game, you know, the 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 Bears had two separate double digit leads. So they went up 10 zip and then they went up 24 14. So it, at two separate junctures, so they, they had a 10 point lead, they blew the entire 10 point lead. Then they built another 10 point lead based on these incredibly long plays, you know, returns, long plays from scrimmage. Very explosive plays. So then you're watching the game. You're like, okay, uh, the Bears have weathered the stomach punch and are back up 10. The one thing that's definitely not going to happen is the Packers are going to cover this 12 and a half. Oh, they did. They did. And and when you watch the Packers, it, it almost seems like, you know, Michael Jordan was this way where it's like he he goes, oh, now I have to. Now I have to get a good shot on every possession. I need to get a good shot on it. I mean, there's no more fucking around. Mm-hmm. Every I'll be at the free throw line or getting a layup on every possession. And Aaron Rodgers goes, um, yeah, we're going to score the rest of our touches. We're going to score. And they do. So I just don't think, it, you know, as banged up as the Ravens are uh, on the outside, on defense, I just don't – I don't see how you prevent him from moving the ball up and down the field – and, you know, the Packers obviously got burnt for some big plays, but I do think that defense is good. And even though I looked at that number and I was like, oh, man, that's home dog. Oh, you know, first place team getting points at home. And I was like, the Packers are better. I, don't, better. I agree with you. The only reason it wouldn't, but they're obviously incented to keep on winning. That So a, a trap game doesn't really work. Just might they overlook this Ravens team and say we should be able to beat them because the Ravens have here and there – kind of dared you to run on them you know uh, the 
the Packers will truck you. Uh, I mean, the, the bottom line is the Ravens are a very mediocre team. That's the point is you can run on them and you can throw on them. So they're going to have to try to take one or the other away from the Packers offense. And the problem is if you're playing the Packers offense is uh, you're going to get smoked. You pick your poison against them. It's hard for me to bet the Ravens. I'm, I, you know, I said they won't win two more games this year last week and i stand by that now look at the the rest of the schedule there eddie spaghetti quickly you didn't uh, get in on the uh, patriots colts or on this ravens packers game how say you uh ravens packers uh i give it a best bet i really like the packers in this one obviously they're still doing uh dealing with injuries i know lamar didn't practice today i think hollywood brown also missed practice today at the time of this recording uh to me the the, the packers team i think they're going to be you know me it's in, in a weird way rogers missing in the game because of covid less practice maybe less wear and tear i think will help him i think also their running back scenario with jones and dylan uh having them two like really productive backs kind of spelling each other they're going to be fresh and ready to go for this i wouldn't be shocked if they're the number one seed in the NFC and uh, the other game Colts uh, I, I like the Patriots in that game if this game was in in Foxborough I feel like nobody would be giving the Colts a chance so to me it's like just because the Colts are home I don't think it's enough of an advantage I think this is one of the Belichick's best coaching jobs uh, in years and the the Patriots do a really good job on defense and the tight the Hunter Henry is going to have a huge day because the Colts do not stop the tight end so uh, I like the Patriots a lot in this game um, want to talk about the uh, Bengals and Broncos. Bengals are a weird team. I really like them. Maybe they're being limited by their head coach a little bit rather than the talent that they throw out there. Talked about that with Hushmanzada on extra points on Wednesday as well. Bengals going into Denver plus two and a half. Hench, how say you? Oh my God. You know, I, I, I lost on both overtime late games last last week. I had the Bengals and I had the Bills. The Bills money line. I was feeling oh, I was feeling smart. And uh, you and me both. The the Bengals, you know, they lost that game because their punt returner got two punt. I mean, it's just you know, you you can't fumble punts twice like and so they they heroically forced overtime but you know over the course of a game you just can't give the ball back to the other team immediately after forcing them to punt so you almost have to throw out that result for the Bengals um I you know the Broncos Jekyll and Hyde you don't know which team you're going to get but other than that Cowboys uh result you you basically they beat bad teams and they and they lose to good teams and so this is a good litmus test to find out if the Bengals are a good team or a bad team and I'm going to ride with the Bengals one more week I think I think they're I still think they're a good team and uh, I I would take them in Denver Um, real quick on the Niners uh, and let me know how you guys feel about this so I would throw this out as a best bet the Niners are plus 1,700 to win the NFC, to, to represent the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl. They are 6-3 and three when Kittle and Debo both play, and that includes a two-point loss to Green Bay. Now, if ever a team was built to go into Green Bay and win, that Niners team is. So that plus 1,700 – I think is a best bet. That feels pretty good to me. That seems like a lot of fun. I that that is a good one. I was real high on the Niners going into the season. They're starting to show it. 
you know, but Jimmy G continues. It's why Kyle Shanahan knew he had to move on before they even played in that Super Bowl. You know, Shanahan knows that Garoppolo is good for somewhere between one to four balls that can be picked off um, in over the course of 60 minutes. And, you know, that's the limitation. Is he is is he I, I'm not trying to. Well, I guess I am uh, poo pooing your bet there just because. At this point, it's they're looking at three road games. So, are they going to go through the Bucks in Tampa and or Green Bay? I hear you going into Lambeau. I mean, they're built to do it. It's just three times against what's going to be a, a top-loaded NFC. But I, I, oh, yeah. I like the if spirit it was, of it. If it was plus two fifty, I'd well, say you stay away. Right? Okay, you're right. You're <laughs> you right. You're right. But, uh, and then, but you know, it's funny. This is. Every week, of course, you go through the games and then you look at the spreads and you go, okay, they're obviously going to win. They're obviously going to win and they're obviously going to win. So if we tease these three games down to zero, it's free money. So this week presents that opportunity again with the Bills, Panthers, Cowboys, Giants and Niners Falcons. The Falcons one is the one that scares me, though. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Don't be scared. So so the all three of those. So the Bills, Cowboys and Niners are all going to win. So feel free to just tease those down to zero and take your free money. Except two weeks in a row, I've done the the three-team teaser with the big favorites, and they've all covered the big number. So do the teaser if you want, but do do the straight Bills minus 10.5, whatever it is right now, Cowboys minus 10.5, if I Niners. can modify, I see, I go away from the Niners. Matt Ryan and company play pretty well on the road as it happens. They're playing for a playoff spot themselves in the bum bottom portion of the uh, the playoff picture in the NFC. Here's what I'll, I'll throw out there. Tease the, tease the Bengals up as a road dog in, in Denver. The, the one thing Denver's not going to do is annihilate them. So I think you can feel pretty confident. Is that fair? You know, the Broncos are so Jekyll and Hyde. I, but they're I not going to hammer Cincy. They're not going to destroy they weren't, them. Uh, uh, you know, they weren't. Ask all the guys across the nation who lost their eliminator pick when they destroyed the Cowboys in Dallas. I don't know. Like, it's like, you know, go figure. Um, but I would say this. Whenever you think about the Niners, you, you are thinking about the sort of, you know, the, where they sit right now. But when you have to account for... Debo running a sweep and Kittle like it's like they are coalescing into a force on offense and you know and I just you know the Falcons who who've been doing a little smoke and mirrors themselves obviously with Mr. Ridley the talented Mr. Ridley taking the year off like that changes things pretty immeasurably and uh I just don't think that they have the offensive firepower, despite my my fantasy hero Cordero Patterson, uh, to to hang with this this Niners uh, killing machine. I mean, how do you what do you do? How do you prepare for Kittle and Debo? I think well, I said it's one of those ones that kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. The absence of George Kittle, he is in the running to be the Jenga piece, non QB, the most valuable piece. That if you remove him, the thing implodes. The Niners are really dependent on Kittle more so clearly than the 2021 Chiefs are on Travis Kelsey, or at least you can suggest that that's why 
the Chiefs offense hasn't been as good because it may be Travis Kelsey just straight up has gotten a little long in the tooth there and is not impacting games week in and week out. Since you you talk to the actual the guys who who play the game for a living and uh you know in that Bengals Niners game Kittle had 13 catches and the rest of the Niners had 13 catches. Hmm. So you know you're like you're watching uh, at the end of the fourth quarter you're like okay well here's what can't happen Kittle can't shake free to get them in field goal range. I know Robbie Gold missed it but like here's what absolutely can't happen. Garoppolo's so locked on to this guy. Let's go ahead and build a village around this fucking guy. And then sure enough, he completes the pass to Kittle. And then, so as crazy as that was, Monday night, Cooper Cup has 13 receptions. The rest of the Rams have 10. So it was 13 and 13 Sunday. It was 13 and 10 on Monday where it's like, okay, he's locked on to Cooper Cup. I I know you can't just say, put all your guys on him, you know, the, you know, like the way where you really do make a, an NBA guy, you throw it, you run a double team at the guy at half court. He gives the ball up. That's what happens. And so, you know, I'm texting, I'm like, can they bracket him? Is there what? And, and, and I do wonder what the pros would say about, can't you just say you're going to have to throw it somewhere else? I, 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 it's one of my, I said, why, I, that's one of my favorite questions to guys is, isn't the answer with this as as close as it is every successful pass seems to uh, get out of the hand about 0.3 seconds before the before a defender smacks the QB? Isn't the answer to this to just bang him at the line of scrimmage? Don't let him get a free release. That's what that's what you do to good tight ends. At least Cooper Cup maybe is slippery enough to dodge it. And, and then you're um, then you're chasing him. But. George Kittle ain't whipping anybody at the line of scrimmage. You can at least disrupt him getting getting into his route. That seems to be the answer when, to me. When Stafford takes the snap and doesn't go through his progressions, he just takes the snap, looks where he wants to go and throws it. You're like, well, this obviously can't be going to Cooper Cup because there's no way he's wide open after the last 10 catches. You're like, oh, no, he's he's open again. Yeah, it's like ha, what I mean, Edelman would do this where he would whip the guy off the line. But it, it does seem like, you know, jam him with a linebacker and then have the, the DB sitting five yards. Off. Like, there's got to be something. If you become that one dimensional, you have to be able to take it away. Um, now, I bet the Rams money line. So I was delighted that the Cardinals never figured out how to stop Cooper Cup, who also, by the way, he breaks tackles like Earl Campbell. I don't understand it. Like, what is going on with these yards after the catch? He just sheds guys. He's he's not a physical freak like, you know, Terrell Owens, right? I mean, what why why is he so good? He is 150 to 1 to win MVP. And right, and by the way, for what it matters, had an ACL 2 years ago. And yeah, just uh, doesn't seem to slow him down. Yeah, it's remarkable stuff. Yeah, that Niners offense seems I, I, it's on one hand, it's impossible to figure out, but also pre-snap, you can tell exact. You can see where uh, the routes are going. It feels like with the pass catchers, you can tell that the fullback where he's going to go in the in the pa- and you know you you have a good sense um, about one second post-snap where the ball's going to go. So why can't eleven? superhuman athletes with the help of, of a defensive coordinator figure it out um 
But anyway, all right, let's let's do this one now. Titans, Steelers, Titans in the mix for the number one seed. They will be extra interested should the uh, should the Patriots win that game on Saturday. Um, and you know they're in a fight for the division. If the Colts win it on Saturday, their 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 division is still up in the air. There they're traveling to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to play Ben Roethlisberger in his second to last, his penultimate. Pro football uh, home game in front of the fans in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Playing great football. All the experts were wrong who said he stinks and is washed and otherwise. If you've watched him play, he has not been the liability. Does he have enough? Do the decimated by injury Pittsburgh Steelers, do they have a shot of rising up and taking care of the visitors from Nashville? Hench, Titans, minus one and a half. Uh, I picked up, uh, based on his numbers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback in fantasy, but I, I need a backup in the, in the event that that toe falls off. And I did pick up big Ben for, for $0, uh, on the waiver wire based on his performance against the chargers and the Vikings, you know, some pretty big, pretty big fantasy numbers there. Uh, all that said, I'm taking the Titans. I think, I think the Titans, or, you know, I think the Titans have proven to be better than we thought they would be without Derrick Henry. They're just they're just pretty good. And uh, and the Steelers are OK, not great. And so, you know, I, I think uh, Titans shut down the run, put it put it in seven's hands and uh, win 23-17. Put it in seven's hands? That they shut down the run. They, the they threaten seven to, to, to take care of it? I mean, don't you see? Don't you see, Hench? Wouldn't this be a nice story? Don't you see why it would be great if Seven shot him into the playoffs? I don't understand. I real, I really don't. I know he's not the most popular football player, the most popular athlete our society has had, but I really, it really does. Um, he's a multimillionaire and has a couple of uh, Super Bowl rings and all that. I feel a little bit bad for him that no one that people aren't celebrating what's what's been. You know, if he were limping home, it would be one thing. He's been gangbusters. It's Shakespearean tragedy that what's letting them down is not him, which is what everybody said. Well, this roster's ready to roll. It's too bad they got the old man at QB. It's the opposite that's happening here. I'm I I, I legit I know it's sad to well, feel sad for uh, a millionaire, uh, but if he's any Shakespeare character, it's definitely Falstaff because he's won more all you can eat contests than he had Super Bowls. Uh, I look. You know, I, you know how I know this. I have vision. I, I, I can see that. I, hey, what do you see? Question. Do you see him throwing dimes in big okay, spots? What are you talking question. about? This is a good question, and I know it's gonna, it's gonna veer to the homoerotic because I maybe shouldn't be looking quite so closely at these guys' bodies. But you know, Roethlisberger's gotten so fat and and just <laughs> disgusting that his his legs, like when you look at the way his legs kind of bend and the way he waddles now, because he's like, like a fucking pregnant woman. He's what the hell are you talking about? Look at his, like, look at his ass, if you may, and in his, in his football pants and his legs and just how like compromised his body is by all that extra weight. Um, but, but I'll bring it back to us. He, when he, he, no, he wears the, the thing you're thinking about it. He wears the rib protector that does in fact make him look like he has bosoms, but those aren't like, he looks like a, a middle-aged woman whose bosoms have dropped a little bit, but those aren't, that's just, that's an optical illusion. He's just trying oh, to protect okay. the rib cage friend. That's okay. all. And what, what about in the post game interviews? What, what's going on with my TV? 
when when that when that face fills the entire 70 inch screen. I hope you feel good about yourself. Kicking the poor man. Let's get this one into uh, with the NFL playoffs almost here. This is a great place to stop down and uh, and make our same game parlay. As a matter of fact, I'll lean on you for this one, Spaghetti, since your gents are involved. The Cowboys are coming to town. Zeke Elliott, clearly not 100%, but they're pushing him out onto the field. Dak Prescott by Jerry Jones' account, or at least accepting the words of whoever he was talking to and saying that Dak maybe is in a in a little bit of a slump there. Let's see if we can piece it together here with FanDuel Sportsbook, giving you a great reason to do it, a $10 bonus when you place $20 in a same-game parlay. You bet on a single game or spread your bets out across multiple matchups. Up to you as long as you bet $20 in same game parlays during the same week of NFL action. And like I say, we only have four of these left here. So many good things, uh, so many good reasons to use FanDuel, not the least of which is the same game parlay. Also, the fast payouts, easy to use, safe and secure. All those reasons, if you've used it at all, you already know. Let's see if we can help you know a little bit more in this NFC East tilt here. What do you like? I mean, I like the Cowboys. I know they're laying double-digit points here. I think that's one. Spaghetti, give me something to lean on with the Giants. I can give you anything. I mean, I think this is you got to side with the Cowboys the entire way. Here. Oh, you this do? Is, huh? Oh, yeah. This is not going to be good for the Giants at all. This is going to be brutal. I mean, after the beatdown, the, the Chargers gave uh, more, you know, injuries. Leonard Williams is banged up, more guys on the COVID list. It, we, you see how Joe Judge coaches that he's he's way too conservative and uh, not like the offense is really exploded under Freddie Kitchens as opposed to Jason Garrett. So I'm with you. Uh, laying in 10 and a half right now for the Cowboys. It should be more. If you want if you want to get the Giants team total points under, I like that. If you okay, want to go. That's a good the, second the, leg. You want to, I can give you you want to, the Cowboys to win by one to thirteen points is plus one forty five. That's easily going to happen. I think that the the halftime the spread the first half spread only six and a half points. Dallas leading by way more than six and a half uh, at halftime. I mean we can keep you can keep going here. I think uh, it's how about a, a I'm trying to think of one game. of the pass catchers is a for a, for a touchdown there seems like a, a I mean a Dak Prescott should be able to um, get close to the form he needs to be in in time for the playoffs I right, let's go with whoever has longer odds between cd lamb and amari cooper i say that's uh that's a good play to throw in there as one of the legs of your um same game parlay but either way spaghetti just gave you a bunch there to lean on and he's a gents diehard and he's telling you to go the other way that's reason enough to bet along with us go to fanduel.com slash minus three the word minus the number three and we'll see you in the winner circle or maybe we won't sorry to slow our roll here but let's take a quick break All right. You're awesome, Hench. We'll look forward to seeing you in the luxury box and seeing how many pounds you can gain versus Eddie Spaghetti. Opening line on that, Eddie Spaghetti, a mild favorite at minus 300. But you have a shot there, Hench. You can maybe gain more weight than Spaghetti at that one. I'm not looking to gain weight. Yeah, Sam. What's a competition? Um, No. Uh, I would would do, you know, the the hair. I mean – we would have to weigh it, no pun intended, because obviously Spaghetti has a lot more weight that he can lose than I can. But I, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to shed uh, eight pounds during the holidays. Best wishes to you with that. 
may it be a Christmas miracle for you. All right, there goes the great Kevin Hench, everybody, and here comes some hot hockey talk for you. Getting ready for all things NHL, obviously not immune, nor is anybody else to what's going on with COVID. NHL ravaged right now. Uh, for that, but some actual puck talk here with Ovechkin getting ever closer to history, the Penguins hard charging. Um, you going to talk Minnesota Wild maybe a little bit? That's a weird thing. Calgary Flames. That's, by the way, Spaghetti, as you get into it with Mikey Meatballs here, that's the team that I did not see coming at all. I, I, I've been pretty spot on with or to this point in the season. My preseason predictions are looking pretty good. I said the Florida Panthers would win the would, would win the conference. They're they're right there. But um, the the Flames are the the team I didn't see coming, and I would not be surprised if they actually play for the Cup if they, if they emerge um, the entire Campbell Conference here. Yeah, the West uh, has way more teams th- than I think the East does that I could see like playing in the in the cup finals no problem at all i mean and they're dealing with some COVID stuff right now they have like 17 guys in the list but they have a really good young team right there uh 36 points they're second right now in the pacific so i yeah i mean the wild at 39 points i don't i don't know why i don't really buy into them as much i still think colorado is going to surge uh obviously you have edmonton hanging around there with with their top players so there's there's so many good teams in the West. I think the East is a little more limited, but yeah, once the NHL gets past this kind of strange stretch, they've all, all these teams have been having with COVID. I think it'll shape out more, but I, well, the, I, I, I would predict that the flames to keep their pace, but the wild to drop back a bit. Man, the flames are big and bad and talented. And I mean, they're, they're really, they're, they're brutes out there, but also highly skilled, but also their goalie almost, it, it almost looks unfair. He fills the entire, he fills the whole cage. Anyway, listen, I'll step aside so you and uh, Mikey Meatballs can get into it. That's right, everybody. It's time for Spaghetti and Meatballs. Folks, we're back. Spaghetti and Meatballs here. More NHL talk. I'm Eddie Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs. I know we had a, our recording schedule is kind of weird here and there. It sounded like the NHL. You know, you have people, you know, players miss games. A lot of weird stuff going on there, which we'll get into some uh, COVID stuff. But uh, Meatballs, what is going on? Your, your, your name usually for those who see the clips is like an Islanders player. But I guess you're just totally out on the Islanders now. You're just a dot. Uh, I, listen, I got no comment on the Islanders right now. Oh. Um, we're pretty deep in, well, not pretty deep in the season, but we're, we're getting there. It's uh, been frustrating to watch. Um, out of, out of, out of like the 75 Sicolis, um, where do you rank in terms of like the, the whole family's positivity, negativity scale for the Islanders? It's very strange because I am typically the most negative person in terms of everything, but I'm actually the most positive uh, for the Islanders um, and the whole family. I, I really think it could be like a Rangers situation last year mm-hmm. where, you know, you see it now that the Rangers are probably a pretty good team, but with all the circumstances last year, they ended up uh, not having a great year. And uh, it seems the Islanders, you know, call it the same thing. And now Barzal is out. Um, but I, I do have a feeling they're going to catch fire at, at some point when everyone's fully healthy and you'll it'll be very uh, nerve-wracking to watch the last 
month of the season when they're probably like six points out of a wild card spot. They need to win every single game uh, to get there. But um, tonight's a a big test against Boston because Boston's very shorthanded. Islanders, I know they're missing Barzell, but they pretty much have everyone fully back. And if they can't do it tonight, I don't know. I don't think I'll have much else to say. I don't have – they're just some – veteran passengers on this team that that probably shouldn't be playing though at the time too it's it's strange and it's a a season where obviously we're gonna get into this like covid stuff but the nhl has only one unvaccinated player and that's tyler bertuzzi uh your team fully vaxxed so is mine uh your coaches talked about that everyone is you know boosted whatever Gerard Gallant had similar comments saying he's not worried about his team at all um i think we're probably both in lockstep here that uh you know, and it's just something that Sal's been talking about and, and Hench and Day talked about. It's like, well, if you're, you know, vaccinated, whatever, what else can you really do? And I, the testing probably should slow down because it's only going to create more problems. Because it seems like the vast majority of players are asymptomatic. And like, this is kind of what we, you know, this is the, this is what the vaccine is supposed to do. Make it a, a weaker thing. I'm not trying to be uh, outlandish or, or, you know, like, on, like I'm, I have no problem admitting like we're both boosted here. Uh, that information's out there. We're not some, you know, loser or weirdos who are going to do this political rant. It just, it just doesn't make sense to kind of stop these, the, the, the games uh, when everyone is on the same page, except for literally one player. And my point is bring this back to the Islanders is that if it doesn't change, like you said, the Bruins are shorthanded. A lot of teams, I mean, the, the flames are like 17 guys on the list. It's, it's just, it's crazy what's going on right now. Maybe, you know, because of that and the Islanders had their, you know, unfair shake early on with the whole travel, uh, you know, the UBS arena traveling and all that. Maybe other teams that they're going to be playing shorthanded, like you said, they can catch uh, they can catch some fire there and they could kind of maybe get back in the playoff picture. Um, you know, the, you mentioned my Rangers. They, they've been playing some tougher teams now they had to play the Avalanche. Uh, they had to play the Predators. They had to play. They're playing Vegas very soon. And they're doing it with their, you know, third, fourth string. Like Keith Kincaid, who was on the roster, is, is playing. Yeah. They had to start a rookie. So they're they're losing their best player, arguably one of their best players in Igor Shosturk. And when they're playing their best teams, like there's always going to be something that's going to come up and you could bring them back to, you know, middle ground here. But it is going to be a tough climb for them, and especially now, too. The Capitals also getting back Backstrom uh, on the heels of Alex Ovechkin having the number one, well, tying Dave Andrzejczyk with uh, 264 power play goals, I think, around that number. Yeah, um, around that number. And uh, so, I mean, it's tough. Like, it, it may not be as tough as the West, uh, two seventy four, sorry, not two sixty four. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's still always going to be a chance. But it, it can't be a, a fun time now. For uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can see it here uh, on my phone. Right. Um, that's like the COVID list of, of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of guys. Uh, for those who can't see, I can hear. It's a lot of guys. A lot of staff. Um, not many guys being removed from it either. Uh, I haven't heard of any complications either for any of these guys uh, suffering. I, I think most of them are asymptomatic. Right. Um, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And But they have their protocols in place. I know a few arenas in Canada, I believe it was in Toronto and Ottawa, they're doing half capacity. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, like Canada may be doing worse than we are right now in terms of, you know, uh, uh, citizens getting the vaccine and stuff. And I'm not trying to make this a, a COVID podcast, but like this really was going on right now in most sports leagues and the NHL is really the first league wide thing to institute the enhanced protocols. Whereas like the NFL, the teams that they could enter it, but this is we uh, league wide. 
So it's going to be a little, um, it's going to be, you know, some time for them to clear this up and figure out what the best plan is, but they're not going to mandate the booster shot. So who knows again, how many players are boosted, but it's, uh, it's going to be a strange thing. 130 players right now are on the, on the list, uh, in total. Um, it's, you know, over two dozen the past, just two days alone. So it's a lot of, every team is getting affected. And again, my ultimate point is that like, Right now, we have an idea of who the good teams are, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I would not count out the Islanders just yet, just because we don't know how the rest of the season um, will will be. Um, although I will say, in terms of betting, teams that are shorthanded and, and dealing with it, it may be a little bit easier to bet on on the teams that are that will have their full lineup again. Yep. Uh, I know I want to give out a bet later with like which, with the Bruins who are shorthanded. But I still like them, but it's you know it's it is tougher if you want to bet on the better teams. But uh, before we get to our, our bets that we like this weekend, uh, you had a, a question you wanted to ask? Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So there's a certain figure on the Islanders um, who is was loved and is no longer loved. Uh, he's, so I guess the way this will work is you'll tell me what line you think this guy plays on. Okay. okay? I'll read out some stats. He's got one goal. All right. One goal. Okay. Uh, well, he's the he's a top nine forward, all right? So he's okay. not a fourth liner. Yeah. All right. So one goal, which is tied for least to the top nine forwards. 15 shots, least the top nine forwards. Zero power play goals, tied for the uh, least of top nine forwards. Um, minus 1.9 expected goals above replacement, lowest of top nine forwards, and eight hits, least of top nine forwards. And he was you know a player. This is? And he was a player that was loved. Uh, is it was it is it Josh Bailey? Because we were talking about yeah. him. Yep. And a top former first round pick, high pick. I mean, you walk around New York, there are a lot of Josh Bailey jerseys, uh, Islander jerseys. So yeah, that's just a what a bad season. And on top of that, he is averaging seventeen forty uh, toi, which is the second most of all forwards. Um, so I think that's something that's frustrating a lot of Islander fans is when you watch him out there, his hands are just stone. Uh, turnovers all over the place. He, he disrupts everything uh, offensively. And um, listen, he, he's, he's done a share uh, for the Islanders, but uh, – you know, it's it's frustrating to watch when someone like Wallstrom is getting nine minutes of ice time and is tripling Josh Bailey's production. Man, I I do not get certain coaches, and we had this conversation uh, a few days ago with like coaches that just love to play like some of their guys uh, over the younger players, the more productive players because they do the little things right, and like then the, the players who are way more productive get punished for. A, a very minor reason kind of just happened with uh, Alexi Lafreniere and, and David Quinn stood all the time and it happens around the league. And like, I just don't get why trots is going to keep uh, letting like Bailey get all this ice time. If he's not being productive and it's like, again, you don't have to score to be productive in hockey. You could yeah. do other, you could do other things. You could check, uh, you, you, you could pass the puck. I mean, even just, even shooting the puck, even just creating other chances for, you know, rebounds, stuff like that is useful stuff. Um, and, and to have like all these negative analytic ratings, is just a very strange thing. So I, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I'm not a hockey coach, but I, it's like a league wide thing where you have a lot of coaches who are just like set in their ways. They're never going to, never going to adjust. And I don't, I don't grasp that. Yeah. It's weird. Cause Trout usually does make, good adjustments and does things right. But I just don't know 
what the love is. I mean, he he benched Beauvillier, which was a start, but I, I'd rather see Josh Bailey bench than uh, Beauvillier. I just I don't I don't know if it will happen. I, I don't know if they think it's going to disrupt some chemistry within the room, but there's some guys who just got to wake up. Like I mean, Paul Mary's not doing anything. Uh, Parisi finally got a goal. Parisi at least works hard. Paul Mary works hard, uh, but. Watching Kyle Palmieri, your your supposed thirty goal scorer, uh, shoot it at the goalie's chest every single time is um, not ideal. No, not not in the least. Um, well, that's that's uh, enough of the uh, complaints here from uh, you and I and all this weird COVID stuff. But let's get to the fun stuff. Why people probably listen uh, for some bets we like here. And I mentioned before the Bruins. They're a little shorthanded, but they have a really easy matchup here. I just I read on Twitter a little bit ago um, that if you keep betting against the the Montreal Canadiens, this is similar to last year where we had our our uh, you know the the bet against the Sabers for however long that lasted. Uh, it's it's like it was like fifteen games or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the the Canadiens six wins, fifteen points. Uh, keep betting against them, and the Bruins are playing them on Saturday in Montreal. Uh, it's an NHL Network game. Look, I know the Bruins are shorthanded, and I know the Bruins are on the road, but they're just the better team, and I, I like them to go in there and, and beat Montreal. It's a rivalry game for them. Uh, the, the Bruins need – I know they're not you know super great right now, only 30 points to the Bruins, but uh, I like them in that. And another bet uh, I do like too, um, and this game is on uh, – this is a, t- a game tomorrow, Arizona – uh, on the road versus Anaheim. They just came off a loss to the Rangers. They were actually leading the game. Rangers came back and, and win uh, some good play by Keith Kincaid. And uh, Anaheim, a good young team. Uh, we, we both liked them in the preseason. Trevor Zegers has been great. Yep. And, uh, and I know that John Tortorella does not like him, though. <laughs> but uh, 39 points right now. The Ducks are they're way above expectations. I know they're they're beating the Flames right now. We're dealing with some, some COVID issues, like I mentioned before. But Arizona Cody's five wins only, 12 points. Um, you know, they, they have some pieces here and there, but as a team, they're just, it's just not there. And the ducks right now are probably ahead of schedule. Love the ducks at home, uh, whatever you're going to get there. And we can even, maybe even go the over in that game too, for the, with the ducks, uh, the scoring chances. So those are some bets that I like, uh, for this week in, in NHL. Yeah. Uh, top six, uh, the top six forwards for Anaheim are very uh, fun to watch. Um, but uh, my the bet that I do like is uh, I apologize, but I'm going against your Rangers tomorrow night. No, I like I, you Vegas. know what? I, I think it's a good time. Like I was saying, like they shouldn't have been down to the Coyotes, but they're they're just rotating through goaltenders. They're playing your give probably too much, and they have to you know bring in Kincaid. It wasn't even on the roster and uh, rookie goaltenders, and it's just uh, and Panarin now also out. I think day to day with a, a lower body injury, so losing the Breadman also hurts. I think this is actually a smart play by Yumi Balls. Yeah, uh, minus 130. So uh, if you're listening, get it as soon as you can before that line uh, changes. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much it. I also – I think Pittsburgh against Buffalo. I know uh, Buffalo's been a little bit better on the road lately. Um, but Pittsburgh minus one and a half at home tomorrow night, I also think it's something to take a look at. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not it's not – rocket science here obviously not going to win every single game but just look at you know look at the teams like their home road splits have been playing any injuries any covid uh you know mishaps and then you know there's just a, a couple teams in this league right now that are just not winning games and that's you know montreal and that's arizona um you know uh, you want to even maybe throw chicago in there for a little bit sure 
uh, Ottawa. So like you could always find your way to, to make a good bet here. Um, if look, if we're doing it and we're giving out winners, you can do it too. But uh, another great week. Hopefully the league gets a, a, bunt, a bit healthier for next time we record this. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys for more talk next time. All right. Great stuff there. Spaghetti and meatballs and uh, best wishes to everybody as you head off into the weekend. Make sure you bet along with us. Fanduel.com slash minus three. The word minus the number three. Make sure you're consuming all the great content on the Extra Points Network, including Eddie Spaghetti's waiver wire, extra points twice a week against the odds, Megan Fun of Sports. Um Covered in Glory, Lemon Pepper Parlay with Hushman Zada and Marty Weiss, so on and so forth. Check it all out and make sure you visit the extrapoints.com site and play against us in the Pick'em um, things in the arcade section there. And we'll be back on the other side of the weekend. Two days closer to Christmas time, if you can believe it. It's almost here, everybody. Um, until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>